0: Football is right around the corner, and you're going to want to get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up, because you won't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any Week 1 game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests so if you're here in Ohio you're going to want to check those out and for week one DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at one million dollars for a top prize nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a million dollar top prize download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive 200 in free bets when you place a one dollar bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT.
1: 5th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman.
0: What is up, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy.
2: And I'm Laura, and today we have a very fun episode. Um, Jeremy and I got the opportunity to interview um, someone that has literally, again, I tell him this in the interview, not blowing smoke, been at the top of our list of people to interview um, since we started even contemplating having interviews on the show. Um, He is a Columbus staple now. He is an incredibly successful business owner and a huge... Blue Jackets fan. Um, and if you love pizza, you're going to love him.
0: That is true. And he's a Pittsburgh Penguins fan convert. So we're loving that. We're loving that we find a way to Got win me. over. We did. We did. Um, and we're talking about none other than Spencer Saylor. He is the owner, founder, um, and just mastermind behind The Wizard of Zaw. Um, and if you are familiar with the food scene in Columbus, you're familiar with Wizard of Zaw. And so this was really fun. Like he was really great. It was awesome to talk to him about pizza, but then also to talk to him mostly about hockey and just kind of, cause, cause the man knows his hockey. He's a big hockey fan too. So it was a lot of fun to, to chat with him a little bit about that on this episode.
2: So yeah, um, we hope you enjoy it and we will check back in on the other side.
0: All right, everyone, we have a really special guest with us here on today's episode. Uh, So without further ado, I'd love to introduce Spencer Saylor. He is the founder and owner of Wizard of Zaw in Columbus. He's originally from Youngstown, Ohio. Spencer, thank you for taking the time to meet with us today and talk a little bit about Wizard of Zaw, talk a little bit about Columbus. We're really excited to have you on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am uh, excited to be on the show. Thank you for having me. And uh, it's definitely uh, cool to be... Uh, on a podcast that is uh, different than what I'm typically on, which is like some sort of food-centric <laughs> podcast. This is a nice change of pace to be, uh, you know, talking about one of my other passions, which is sports. So uh, always cool when you can kind of uh, intertwine those two together.
2: For
0: sure, we've got gotcha. you. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, though. We're big foodies ourselves, but we'll, we'll keep it hockey today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Everybody, uh, everybody needs food to get by and to survive, and uh, you know many folks really love it, especially here in Columbus. So, um, and, and we've obviously enjoyed seeing you two in the shop and getting our pizza. So uh, appreciate the support and and excited to uh, to talk uh, talk some hockey today.
0: For sure.
2: Yeah, we are definitely big fans of yours. When Jeremy and I sat down to make a list of people that we wanted to start asking for interviews you were not even kidding not blowing smoke top of our list um because <laughs> we have been uh, following you along I uh, I think noticed you first because you have worked a lot with Cam and Cam as all of our listeners will know is my favorite player um so I stalk him regularly and <laughs> I believe that he is who introduced me to you um and of course Wizard of Oz so we just could not be more excited to have you on the show. Um,
1: Awesome. I am I'm honored to hear that. And, uh, yeah, Cam, Cam is a great guy and, uh, you know, is, you know, he introduced you to me, uh, and, and he introduced, uh, me to, to the blue jackets and and really appreciating the team, uh, and, and what they do for Columbus, uh, so much more. So, uh, shout out to Cam, great guy. And, uh, uh, happy that uh, through this process I've had the opportunity to to meet him and ultimately you know now have a, a good friendship with him.
2: Yeah, that's that's awesome, and we're definitely gonna want to hear more Cam stories. But for people who aren't familiar with you or with the shop, we want you to tell us your story. What's the story of Wizard of Za? Like, give us give us the Spencer Sailor story.
1: Yeah, um, well, uh, like you guys alluded to initially when you introduced me, I'm from Youngstown, Ohio, uh, which is a big Italian community and uh, moved down to Columbus about 10 years ago for college, Uh, ended up staying ever since. I love Columbus. There's just so much to do uh, in in every gamut of life. Uh, It's just endless, endless options and and, uh, things that you can be doing, uh, which is very different from Youngstown where, you know, it's an old steel town. Um, it's very much more about, uh, family, you know, breaking bread with loved ones. And, and because of that, the food is really, really good. And so, um, having been down here in Columbus, just had not yet found, uh, anything, uh, not just within pizza, but just Italian food in general that really, uh, spoke to me and kind of reminded me of, of home. You know, while Columbus has great food, great Italian options, you always want that taste at home in your life. And so uh it just became one of those things where uh, i could keep complaining about it or i could do something about it (laughs) and so um covid uh, uh landed me for load uh when everything kind of initially went down uh back in um late winter early spring of 2020 and um because of that you know it was some good because i finally had the opportunity to sit down and kind of plan Out this goal you know opening a restaurant starting my own business to uh, bring this style of food to Columbus and to all the other northeast Ohio transplants in the area and what was nice about that is you know in our traditional day-to-day lives prior to that you don't really have time to sit down and plan out your goals and and plan out your dreams because it's You know, it's nine to five or you're working, you come home, you eat, you're tired, you catch up on your television shows, you mow the lawn, you do whatever you got to do. And before you know it, it's time for bed. And so uh, that opportunity ultimately, you know, gave me the chance to uh, plan it out, start to kind of see it come to fruition and ultimately led to where we are now, which is, you know, in our own um, little pizza shop and doing it full time. And it's, it's been a, an incredible dream come true. Uh, and so for those that aren't familiar with us, uh, we're an underground speakeasy type style pizzeria. Now, obviously as, as we've gotten bigger and bigger, um, it's not as much of a secret anymore, You know, maybe where we're located or, or what we do, uh, but it still does add a little bit of an interesting experience um, beyond the traditional carryout method. Um, which we knew with COVID and dying in not really happening and, and then dying in happening, but it's not really the same. How do we take the carryout experience that everybody's having to provide right now and take it to another level? And so this was an awesome opportunity to do that in that, you know, you only found out about us through word of mouth, you know, a friend or a family member had it, loved it. You had to, you know, get on, provide your information, kind of wait to be called upon. And then when you are, you're given, you know, this list of directions on how to get there and find us. And so it just gives this adventure kind of mentality to, to picking up your food, which is um, to me something that's neat beyond just here's your food, here's your money, and, and you go on and, and continue with life. And so Columbus has has been incredible and, and really welcomed us in and supported us. And uh, ultimately, you know, we're, we're here for the long haul now and, and loving it and, And looking forward to just continue to serve this community.
0: Now, you talk a lot about, like, how Youngstown has shaped, like, yeah, obviously, like, you're wanting to bring that style of food, that style of culture community to Columbus. So I have to ask, like, I've always known Youngstown transplants, or like, Youngstown folks to be more, like, if it's not Cleveland Browns, it's Pittsburgh Steel. Like, So you're kind of, like, in the, like, Pittsburgh-Cleveland, like, little, like, triangle there, like, how have you ever felt any like sort of dissonance, like coming to Columbus, being a sports fan of any sort of Columbus team with those roots?
1: Absolutely. So uh, <laughs> you bring up a good point. So Youngstown is directly the middle of Cleveland and Pittsburgh. So it's little under an hour to Cleveland, little under an hour to Pittsburgh. And so it's a complete split. And I actually grew up in a split household where... Uh, my mom and sister were Pittsburgh Steelers fans. My dad was from Cleveland. And, you know, I unfortunately have been raised as a Browns fan, uh, which recently is actually good, um, but had to suffer through some years of my mom and sister getting to enjoy some Super Bowl victories uh, and whatnot. And so uh, I'm a big Cleveland sports fan, uh, grew up an Ohio State fan as well. Uh, but because of our proximity and Cleveland at the time not having any hockey team, um i grew up a penguins fan uh, my stepdad had penguin season tickets and, and had the opportunity to um you know root on the penguins uh, during my childhood years when you know it was their prime uh, whether that be mario lemieux and then into Sidney crosby and malkin and mark-andre fleury and stall and you know the names go on and on and so uh getting to watch those folks play a few times a year was was really really cool um but Uh, You know, coming down to Columbus then uh, for college, uh, ultimately I, I, uh, you know, started to support the Blue Jackets, started to support the crew, uh, not necessarily any sort of, you know, a crazed fan or kept up a ton with the team and what was happening. Um, But, you know, that became my hometown. That was, you know, that was where I was living and and wanting to spend my life now. Uh, And then, like we talked about earlier, as Wizard of Oz started to, Uh, Blossom, And, you know, I had already set roots here with a home and and now with a business, um, you know, had the awesome opportunity to meet Cam for the first time and then have Cam introduce me to a number of the the players uh, in that Blue Jackets community. And ultimately since, you know, really fell in love with with that group of of guys and the team and everybody involved in uh, that organization. And so now I I consider myself a, a Jackets fan um, just, you know, I've been removed from that Youngstown-Pittsburgh area now for uh, 11 years and um, haven't really had the opportunity to, to watch them like I have in the past. And so it's kind of switched roles where, you know, the Jackets are the team that I root for. And, you know, while I support the Penguins, I want to see them do well. Uh, you know, if they were facing off, I definitely got to support Columbus.
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. And once you get, I mean... Once you get into blue jackets and also the crew, like it's kind of infectious. Um, at least it was for me. I'm I'm newer to uh, being a fan. It's only been about four years, and um, can attest that when you're here and when Columbus is home, like it's not hard to fall in love with these teams because they mean so much to this town. So it kind of goes hand in hand um, to to joining on to those those fan bases um and one of the more notable things that I wanted to talk to you about was last summer you had the opportunity to cook for the boys before they left for Toronto to go to the bubble um so I wanted to know kind of like what was that like um you know how did they you know seem and feel like before they were leaving like all that sort of stuff
1: yeah um yeah and uh that you know that that went along with you know Cam. Uh, I I brought Cam pizza, uh, spring of 2020, and just such an awesome guy. Um, really welcomed me in, um, along with his neighbors, and and now being able to call you know Cam and Natalie good friends, and their neighbors as well, and just being welcomed into that community. Um, you know, kind of off of what you talked about. Um, that's like really, really different from most sports towns. And actually Kim and I were just talking about this the other day, um, you know, with Philly, uh, Kim has always been a guy that is super responsive to his fans, really enjoys the community, taking those folks in. And he was shocked because so many people in Philly were surprised that he was responding, surprised that he was engaging with them like that, because Philly is just you know, different. It's a much larger sports town. They've got football, they've got basketball, they've got baseball. And with Columbus really just having, you know, outside of Ohio State and college sports, the Jackets and the crew, um, you feel so much more a part of the team. You know, it feels like you're important to what's happening and, and you're really appreciated. And so that's really awesome to hear that, you know, that's been your experience so far. It's the same way for me. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's that's a direct opportunity of that is, you know, here's Cam uh, welcomes me in, you know, wants to introduce me to the rest of the guys and and have them try my cuisine and support my business and uh, really just help connect um, the team to uh, the other individuals in the city who are doing cool things. And so had the opportunity uh, one of those days to uh, cook for the guys before they left for the bubble um, and, and it was awesome. It was my first time meeting um, Nick uh, and and Seth and Boone um, and and all uh, great guys. But I think ultimately what you learn in those situations is like they're just like us. They're like everybody else. You know, that's just their profession. They, they play professional hockey, but otherwise they enjoy going to concerts and going and, and being foodies around town and, and live in life like all of us. And so, uh, they were a great group of guys, super supportive from then on, you know, all have, um, you know, been patrons of my business since and continue to support. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, um, they at the time were pretty much, um, as unknowing of what was happening as we were as fans, you know, they really didn't know much. Um, and, and that wasn't, you know, a lack of of them, you know, kind of being in the know, but more nobody knew, you know, the organizations didn't know what was happening. The NHL didn't know what was happening. And so, you know, they were just slowly piece by piece getting little bits of information, um, just like we were as the public. So it was kind of interesting to to just see how that is. It's like, wow, they, they really know as much as we do. And uh, they're just as kind of confused and nervous and and uh, at the same time, excited about, you know, what's to come. And, and ultimately, as we saw, you know, they 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 played their hearts out, played really well, but uh, unfortunately came home a little sooner than they had expected. But uh, yeah, it was an awesome opportunity. And and like I said, I, I'm, I'm really uh, blessed and honored to be able to, to call those guys, you know, buddies now.
0: I think what's been like so interesting like over the course of like the last year and just like watching some of these interactions with like you and folks and then other folks who have just like been more connected because I feel like that's been like a weird side effect of COVID is like we're all like a lot more connected and we have desire to be connected is like it seems like the Columbus sports community is like very connected to one another like and to each other and I also I'd seen that like you'd cook for like Urban Meyer so like I can't even imagine like what that was like right <laughs> like to do that like literally a Columbus legend. Cause like you said, Ohio state reigns supreme. Right. Um, yeah. So have you seen some of that, like how connected, um, you know, the Columbus sports community is and like, is that just a side effect of like Columbus as, as a community?
1: Yeah. I, I really don't think that it's, you know, obviously I've seen it during COVID um, but I don't think COVID really has anything to do with it. I think that's just Columbus, you know, we're, we're this, very large city. I mean, we continue to to move up the charts as far as you know size, population within the country. Um, but we have this small town feel to us still, and I think that translates in the sports. I think it translates in um, the the celebrities or the well known individuals in the area that call Columbus home. Is that they're really just like all of us? You know, as I met folks like Urban or uh, Nina West and. And some of those different uh, Columbus uh, icons, they're all just like us. They want to find a way to support you and see your business thrive and see Columbus continue to grow because they're just excited, as excited to call Columbus home as we are. And they want to see it prosper and they want to see it do well because they, just like us, brag about Columbus to their family and friends. And and so uh, I I think that's just. Columbus. I, I say it all the time. I don't think Wizard of Zach could have um, been successful like it's been in other cities. I just don't. I, I don't think if this happened in Cleveland, I would have you know, met Browns players or Cavaliers players or Indians players and, and so on and so forth because um, those, those cities, while great, while are incredible places to visit and, and live, they're just not as connected as and, and proud as we are here in Columbus. I feel, and so uh, I'm honored to call Columbus home and, and have had this all happen here. Because uh, I, I truly don't know how it all would have played out if it had taken place in another town.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, that's one of our sort of staples with this show too. Is that we want to highlight how special Columbus is and how. Um, different it is from a lot of these, you know, quote unquote, major cities and even keeping that um, sort of small town feel as it starts to grow and flourish. It has really, you know, it's allowed for a lot of things to grow and a lot of opportunity to continue to move forward in the future. And I mean, we definitely think that you are just a major part of that specialness um, that we also champion um, within supporting the city of Columbus and to keep it, you know, a little go a little sports since you're you're also newer Blue Jackets fan. Um, do you have like a favorite Blue Jackets like game moment that you like when you think about describing like the team to someone? Like, what is what is a moment that sticks out to you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I started going to Jackets games, um, in college. Um, obviously, they have the great, um, you know, kind of college rush ticket sales that they do. Uh, definitely utilize that quite a bit in college. You can't beat that deal. Uh, you know, go in a game sometimes for like 15 bucks, uh, which is really awesome. And so um, there's definitely some great memories. Uh, I worked for the city of Columbus um, for a few years and uh, my boss uh, was a really big Red Wings fan. They were from the Michigan area. And so, Uh, The Jackets, I don't know if they do anymore, but for a while they would always play uh, Detroit around St. Patrick's Day. And so um, that's probably my biggest memory as far as like going to games goes um, because uh, the Jackets were one of our partners when I was with the city. And so they would always give us a suite um, for that game. And so for three or four years consecutively, I was always there for that game. Uh, And it was always so much fun because everybody had on the green jerseys and is in green and having a good time. Uh, and so that's that's a great memory of mine. Um, I also went, I think it's three, three New Year's Eves ago now, uh, went for the New Year's Eve game, and that was an absolute blast to take in um, the game with everybody before the new year, and they did some fireworks inside of the arena. And um, so just a lot of great memories. Unfortunately, a lot of the really big games, you know, I was watching at home. Um, But still so much fun, um, especially like thinking about, you know, when they were in the bubble um, and went off to Toronto. Um, I watched all those games religiously because I felt so connected. You know, I just cooked them food, you know, chatting with them, saying good luck before the game. And then um, to be able to like watch them up there doing their thing, uh, I just felt so much more connected. So uh, that was a lot of fun, you know, watching with uh, my fiance uh, and her roommates at the time. And, you know, we, we'd throw on the, the goal scoring music every time they would score. And you know, it was just so much fun. And, and that was COVID, but like we've talked about, we were just so connected, all of us at that point in time. And so it, it it was really awesome to support them. So, uh, the memories, you know, while I'm a newer fan like yourself, just go on and on and on, which, which is, is truly awesome. It, it feels, um, really feels like you're a part of the franchise and what's happening, um, which also can be a bad thing because, you know, you have somebody like Cam traded out of nowhere and you don't anticipate it. And, and personally, you feel so slighted. I felt like somebody had just broken up with me. And mm-hmm. then you got to find you yourself that, like, this is a professional hockey organization. You know, they, they don't necessarily care what you think, but it's Columbus. You feel so connected, so invested, so much like you, like this is your team. Um, and so uh, there's a lot of lot of a lot of great memories um with the team already.
2: Yeah, no, I can I can definitely um resonate with the the feeling like someone broke up with you. Poor Jeremy hat was with me when we found out that Cam had been traded and it was a rough day. <laughs> <laughs> And I still get slightly bitter every now and then just thinking about it. So, but he's going to be silly. He's going to do great.
1: Is it? And that's part of that, you know, business is business type mentality. But um, that was definitely one of those that, that, uh, you know, will always sting, I think, for Jackets fans, because uh, like we've talked about, you feel so connected. You feel like. You know these players are part of your family, part of the you know your day to day life of, of what you support and you love, and so uh, that's one of those moments. I feel like when like a major celebrity passes away, you always remember where you were, and I think I'll always remember where I was when I found out Cam created. Um But uh, yeah, he's he's going to be fantastic. I love I love seeing guys like Cam and Felino and Seth and uh, Savard already got his his cup, but. Um, seeing these guys have the opportunity to um, take that next step that that the Jackets haven't quite seemingly um, been able to make yet and now have these opportunities to actually play for a Stanley Cup. I think they all deserve it. Um, did so much for Columbus, and, and it's their time now to hopefully uh, be able to raise the Cup.
0: Do you think that we can find a way, if KM wins a Stanley Cup in Philadelphia, to slide in a slice of Wizards off Pizza into the Cup like on the day that he has with the cup. Do you think we can make that happen? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. So uh, That was always the joke with Cam and I and, and the guys, especially when they went off to the bubble was like, if they win this, we're filling this cup with meatballs and pizza. I mean, there's, there's no <laughs> fast. And so um, we always joke about that, that like, you know, when it, when it happens, we're filling the cup with pizza and, and uh, going to raise it together. So, yeah, I think, if, uh, I think if Cam is able to do it while he gets to spend his time with the cup and, and brings it back here to Columbus, that will definitely have to be a photo op without a doubt.
2: <laughs> I would be mad if he didn't let you do it. I'd be like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Like Spencer has to be there with you.
0: <laughs> I just yeah. feel like the hot honey would vibe really well with the Stanley Cup. Like that's just kind of yeah. my impression.
1: It's a cup. It's just asking to be filled with things. And so, correct, you know, you, you got to get as creative as you can. And, and if that happens to be pizza and, and Italian food, then uh, no complaints by anybody.
0: There's been plenty of poutine in there. I feel like we can find a way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's good.
2: Well, I have a personal question because as an italian Sicilian girl myself, <laughs> grew up in a huge Italian family. I'm curious, do you have like a favorite, like, family recipe that you still love to make to this day? Like that just reminds you of home and all that sort of stuff other than your pizza?
1: Yeah, there's quite a few. Um, I, you know, I'm not classically trained cooking, you know, while well, we have uh, people in our kitchen that, you know, went to culinary school and, you know, are dietitians or, you know, they're all trained in that background. I got all of my experience from uh, being in the kitchen at a young age with my grandmother and my mom and my dad. um, And then obviously eventually went on to get experience working in kitchens and whatnot. But uh, there are absolutely some, um, you know, one, you know, my grandma, my earliest remember is always making banana cream pie with my grandma. And so um, from time to time, I'll make a banana cream pie. It's tough now because my fiance hates bananas. And so I know if I make a banana cream pie, I'm eating the entire banana cream pie. So I've got to be committed and and not needing to be uh, looking fit by any means for any reason. Which which now getting ready for a wedding, I'm not sure I'm going to be eating a, an entire banana cream pie anytime soon. But um, that's definitely one. Uh, you know, there's a corn casserole recipe that that's always big in our family. Um, there's there's so many i'm always asking my mom for recipes for i mean just your typical you know the the pasta sauce the meatballs um all of that are things that you know you grew up eating you loved you enjoyed and so any opportunity that i have to ever cook those meals is, is always great it's not it's not the same you know it's not the same as as mom cooking it uh, but uh any opportunity to to make those and just continue to work them into my own life uh is really neat just because You get to look back and think that like now you're the next generation taking that recipe and and passing it on, Um, just like at one point it was their moms or their grandmothers. Um, As you know, that's that's what it's all about when it comes to to family cooking and especially Italian family cooking is just that that uh, generational passing down of recipes. And so I'm honored and and blessed to now be a part of that and and passing it on because my, uh, I have a sister, and she definitely does not cook by any means. So, <laughs> I, uh, I'm like, it's like you know the the family name when a guy has like all girls, you know, and that's the end of the name. I've got to like keep this recipe chain going because my sister is not going to do so.
2: Yeah, my sister's the same way, and my grandmother and my mother always get so thrilled every time I call for a recipe. I'm like. <laughs> I haven't had this in like forever. And I want to try and make it myself. Like, it's not going to be as good, but I need this. And my mom's always like, your sister never asked. So I was like, mom, she set Jello on fire once. So <laughs> like, it's really, we just, she's a lost cause at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I totally get that. And uh, yeah, I've, I've loved, you know, being able to continue those recipes, but also now be able to um, work them into our cooking in the shop. Um, and kind of putting our own spin on things and and just finding ways to to also be able to now share those recipes with with the public. Uh, I think that's really awesome and and hopefully for some folks, whether they be from the Youngstown area or from here or wherever, you know that gives them a little taste of home, that comfort mm-hmm. um, feeling that you get when you get that home cooked meal.
0: I have to ask, because this is the first thing that I said to Laura when we tried the pizza for the first time was like, are these sesame seeds? Like, what was the idea there? Like, where did that come from? Cause it's, it's so good. It's probably like my favorite part of like, it's, I've never seen it on like the bottom. Like I know like folks in Columbus are probably thinking of like Donato's like cornmeal on the bottom of a pizza or whatever, but like the sesame seeds killed me in the best way.
1: (laughs) I'm glad to hear that. No, they're, they're a a secret little kind of hint that that you don't realize they're always in the menu description, but I think a lot of people just glance over it. They forget about it. Yeah. And then they, that bite and they just get those little pops of kind of nuttiness as they're Mm -hmm. eating the pizza, which is really nice. Um, I had it for the first time. Um, so, uh, poly G's, which you might be familiar with here in, in Columbus. Um, that's actually part of a much larger conglomerate of poly G's. So, uh, the original poly G's is in Brooklyn in New York city. Um, and then they also have a slice shop. Um, which goes beyond just the traditional Neapolitan style pizza that they do here. They do New York slices, they do Sicilian slices, they do all sorts of different things. And they had a uh, slice there uh, called the Freddie Prince. Um, And it uh, had the entire bottom, and I mean the entire bottom covered in sesame seeds. Like every bite was just full of sesame seeds. And so I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was different. I thought it was something neat that nobody was doing in Columbus. Um, and I thought it could ultimately kind of be worked into what I was doing. And so I didn't necessarily want as much sesame seed as, as this pizza featured, uh, but I thought, um, kind of like you said, I thought it'd be a good way to kind of replace that cornmeal um, semolina flour. You always need something to kind of keep the pizza from sticking. Um, uh, allow it to crisp up really nicely. And so I thought just doing a nice dusting of sesame seeds um, would kind of do the trick and, and it did. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of folks love that kind of secretly they, they, and sometimes folks will go through they'll eat the entire pizza. They don't even realize that there were sesame seeds. And then, you know, somebody that they're eating it mentions it and they're like, Oh, that's what that was because they just couldn't pinpoint what it was. So uh, I love having that little secret, secret hint of, of something to the pies. And I'm glad to hear you enjoyed it.
2: Oh yeah. It was like, we, it was such a, pic, a picturesque situation of us first trying your uh, pizzas. Cause we got our first order, I think back hockey was still happening. So I think it was back yeah. in April. Um, and we like, went to um a park and we were eating outside and we were just both staring at each other we're like this is the best pizza we've ever had (laughs) and then we were just analyzing like in the best way we were just analyzing it in the best way and yeah the sesame seeds were like one of the first things we both said and they definitely like make the pizza stand out for sure so
1: um, glad to hear you guys enjoyed it and and yeah, we know you know while while many folks absolutely love it, it's their favorite pizza. They really enjoy it. You know, we know that uh, you know food is subjective, and and for some people they love it, some people they hate it, some people it's it's all right. Uh, but I think that's the coolest part of of food and, and pizza as well is that uh, you know we're we're all subjective eaters, and we all have different taste buds, and so uh, that's what's so cool about it all is just getting to hear different opinions and hear different viewpoints and what people like and what they dislike. And so uh, I love hearing when when folks mention the sesame seeds because it's it's (laughs) such a little thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I always know that when folks like recognize that and they have it, like those are good eaters. Those are people that that understand food, (laughs) they really analyze and and they appreciate it. And so uh, I know know you all have good taste.
0: That we do. I will give us that. I won't give
1: us much, but I'll give
0: us that we have a good taste. <laughs> <laughs> That's like got to be a name of a segment for us, right? Like on Subjectively Speaking he's just like subjective eaters.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it should be. <laughs> I think you might
0: have just did something for us here, Spencer. Right. <laughs> well, Spencer, we've got to know where can we find you? Um, where can our listeners tune in uh, to what you're doing? Also, some test kitchen things that you're doing that are like really cool that I – Keep telling myself I need to be in Columbus when, <laughs> when you're out there doing that. So fill, fill them in.
1: Yeah. So yeah, uh, you know, we've got a lot going on. Um, obviously for Wizard of Za, uh, the pizza shop. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. It's just at Wizard of Za. So it's like Wizard of Oz, but Za for pizza. Um, if you want to uh, follow along to me personally uh my endeavors with uh the jackets or other food that i cook um, things that i'm involved in i'm just at spencer sailor Uh, and then like you mentioned uh, we've got uh, a test kitchen that we're operating out of the pizza shop now Um, so on thursday evenings we do handmade pasta and on sundays we do homemade ice cream and so uh, hopefully everybody can can come and check us out, whether it be for the pizza or any of those uh, creations we make. Everything from scratch in our kitchen. Um, if we don't make it, we use you know some sort of a locally central Ohio Cincinnati sourced product to just continue to support our community. Um, and so uh, we we would love to meet everybody. Have you come out? As far as placing an order goes. Uh, you just have to have a, a pre-order made. We don't do day of orders because we make everything from scratch. Uh, you go on our website, you just pick a day, you pick a time, uh, and uh, you come and visit us then. We've got uh, whatever it is you ordered hot and ready then for you. So uh, thank you so much, you know, again for having me. And, and uh, hopefully we start to, to have some of the listeners coming in and, and trying us out as well. Uh, we welcome in all all Jackets fans with open arms uh and uh, look forward to just continuing to be a part of the, the cbj community
0: sesame seeds who knew he knew and that's what matters so again thank you spencer for that really fun and awesome interview hopefully the listeners loved it as much as we did uh because also like wait i think that this should be what we do for every guest that we ever have on the podcast again i'm not kidding when i say like the subjectively eating like the subjective eating like part was honestly giving me ideas I feel like from now on every guest that we bring on the podcast has to answer one question do you know what that one question is
2: what's your favorite food
0: (laughs) kind of I guess but if you win the Stanley Cup what food item are you putting in the Stanley Cup like I think Ah, yes I think that's so fun so if y'all are one of the poor unfortunate snows that we reach out to in the future and we ask you this question just be ready
2: Oh, I oh, wait. Do we do we tell ours? I mean, I know we'll never like have, have the to, opportunity. I
0: have to think but, about it a little bit. Yeah, no, let's talk about it. What would you put in the Stanley Cup? I'm like envisioning you building a trifle in the fucking Stanley Cup. Like I'm envisioning you like, <laughs>
2: like Well, because I have like two things. I have like a savory and a sweet option, and oh my okay. god, you cannot put them both in there. Um, but no, I <laughs> At the would same time. Because I I do bake semi-professionally, I would want to put some sort of baked good in the Stanley Cup. But the idea of doing a trifle is a really... The only thing that would make me very sad, though, is that you couldn't see the layers, because obviously the Stanley Cup is not clear. Um, But if I didn't do a trifle... I would definitely want to fill it <laughs> i would want to turn it into a croquembouche
0: you're ridiculous the whole cup
2: no i would just want to fill it and then like make it into the like croquembouche shape on top you know if you don't know what i already say
0: you know damn well half of our listeners are like what the hell is a croquembouche like well if croqu- you've croquem-
2: ever seen the great british bake-off you would know but sure. a croquembouche is a Tower of cream puffs that is held together with caramel or caramel, however you want to pronounce it. And then around it, they place spun caramel. And it's just like this beautiful cream puff tower of awesome. So that would be my like sweet if I didn't do a trifle in it. And also, if you don't know what a trifle is, You've clearly never seen Friends, and no, I don't put meat in mine. Um, <laughs> but an owed to like my family, I think for a savory thing, and this is going to be weird because I don't know if this has ever happened. But I would want to put Italian wedding soup in the Stanley Cup.
0: Okay, yeah, no, I totally respect it. My my savory is definitely a soup. It's definitely ramen, like authentic ramen. <laughs> Uh, or pho, like whichever it depends on what I'm in the mood for that day well,
2: that um let's see if I had only one that that dinner. was
0: that was good but like for me like there's something about ramen and pho that is just like so like salt of the earth like uh it's like literally salt of the earth like you will die of if you eat the whole thing you will be passing away um oh god yeah I just could call meshiku up and be like hey the number of free ads we give out on this damn show um So that would definitely be my, that would be my savory for sure. I don't, I don't know about, about a, that would be hard. I almost like, I feel like trifles are just very easy, right? Like, cause like that just makes sense. I feel like, like a strawberry shortcake moment, like a fresh strawberry shortcake with like all that kind of like, cause you win the Stanley cup in the summer. So like, I'm not trying to have like an apple pie in, in the Stanley cup. Um, I also don't know if the Stanley cup can take a 400 degree oven. Like, I'm not sure. <laughs> so you would have to bake it in the damn cup. Like you would have to, wouldn't you? It like you would think, take
2: being dropped on the cement from at least, you well, know, I
0: didn't, to be fair, it didn't take it all that well.
2: That's true. It did not. What,
0: what alcoholic drink are you putting in it? Like if you had to like put like an Ooh. alcoholic, like a cocktail mixed drink, or it could just be like a straight up moment. Like, what are you putting in?
2: Oh, it wouldn't be a straight up moment. Cause there's only a few things that I can take shots of and I would not want a whole Stanley cup full of it. You Um, want the
0: straight up Irish car bomb?
2: Correct. Like there's no way it would get so curdled before. (laughs) Um, But yes, I I am an Irish car bomb person. Um, No, I think I would put like either like the world it's gives me a lot of like Moscow mule vibes.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, coppery. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
2: So like, plus, you know, is huge in Russia. Like, it just, you know, it has... So I think I'd do, like, a very large Moscow meal.
0: Okay. No, I can respect that.
2: And you? Some sort of beer, I'm assuming?
0: No, God, it goes so so flat so fast. No, for me, it would be a mixed drink. And it's the one that I make at home that I just, like... It really sends me to paradise. And it's, like, crown peach... Pineapple juice and orange juice with grenadine. We need to like put out a recipe book. Like, just a subjectively speaking recipe book. Because, like, we really are that bitch as one um, in the kitchen and at the bar. Um, so, yeah, those would be what I put on there. Or in there. Not on there. Can you imagine trying to do a salt rim on the Stanley Cup? That shit would be annoying.
2: <laughs> it would be annoying. It would need multiple people to pick like, it upside down. Um, but Dude, I did bliss. see a former Blue Jacket and fan favorite David Savard had the cup recently, and he had crab legs in the cup.
0: Yeah, and I saw somebody had like well a lot of poutine. There are, ironically enough, a lot of like French Canadians on this team. Um,
2: yeah, that cup's gravy. Yeah, that- <laughs> Isolate it isolate it <laughs> we should put that on a shirt that
0: cup has seen some gravy oh Even. that's funny oh my god um yeah i the amount of poutine like and i like poutine just as much as the next guy have you ever had like canadian like authentic poutine
2: i haven't had a th- authentic like canadian but i've had like the american version of poutine
0: so we're gonna go i went to a poutinery when i was in Canada, and I like promise that that is a thing.
2: no, I believe I believe a, you. It's just the put- idea of calling something a poutineery a
0: poutineery. Let's open a poutineery girl.
2: We have to find someone who makes cheese curds.
0: I feel like we could we could try our hand in it. or we could hit up our friends at Grandpa's cheese barn damn Um, more free promo son of a bitch we're bad at this oh my god if anyone wants to hit us up on venmo no kidding we don't have a venmo but we do have a PayPal. um oh my gosh well friends i'm hungry all of a sudden but you know what i'm really hungry for
2: our ending segment
0: I'm so hungry for our social media plug. Yeah, 100%. Go ahead, girl.
2: So I just so happen to be able to serve that up right now. So how- You
0: have a fresh dish of it right now?
2: I do. I have a fresh dish of our social media shout outs. Delicious. Um, so yeah, if you want more of this very entertaining and interesting content, uh, please follow us on social media. We are at The Subjectively Pad on Twitter and Instagram. God, I miss, i these dry weeks are like killing me on our interactions, cause like.
0: Also not to mention the fact that you and I are in the midst of hell.
2: And yes, and I, I need hockey things to like bring me back to life and we're just experiencing hell and dry hockey news all at the same time. Um, we are on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. Um, you can also check out our rep- our website, I can talk as uh, subjectively If you do want to support us in the not Venmo PayPal way, you can check out our merch store. Um, it is subjectively speaking.threadless.com and find all of your blue jackets adjacent related materials um, there. Um, and you can, you know, support us in a little way um, as we deal with college students returning to campus and yeah i think that oh and you can rate review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on we got one more rating we're at 33 exciting so you know it's better than
0: 33 34 34 girl
2: so slowly but surely we're getting there
0: oh goodness well friends we miss you we miss hockey so please just take care of yourselves um in this very weird time i need everybody to actually figure out what they're doing so we can make sure we have hockey in the fall like we can be in nationwide arena together like i'm happy to wear a mask but like i just need everybody to like figure it out so that way we can have eighteen thousand people in nationwide arena making some damn noise being a problem um I need that. I need that very bad. I, like, have that weekend circled on my calendar. Literally, like, I'm requesting days off, like, for the 14th and 15th, like, Thursday and Friday because on Thursday we play the Arizona Coyotes. And if we lose that game, I will – the season's over. Like, the Coyotes are going to be booty butt cheeks. But – um, and then, obviously, to play the Kraken on that Saturday at home, I'm just, like, so excited. That's, like, all I can think about right now.
2: Yeah, I can't wait for the start of the season. I just, I need it to be here. And yeah.
0: Correct. Well, so and we put our
2: shit together so please. that we can have hockey.
0: We beg. But until we come to y'all with a fresh episode next week, episode number 61, shout out Rick Nash. Um, we will see you all next time. Take care of yourselves and be well.
2: Bye.